0: Welcome to episode number 61 of the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or also on YouTube. The last few episodes have been on YouTube along with this one. And you can find our other podcast, Meditation Podcast and Learn Polish Podcast on RoyCarlin.com. Today, my guest is what I call the Master Champions, Cyril Jr. Dim. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Roy. You're
0: welcome. So basically, I start off, as always, who's Cyril?
1: Well, I am a public speaker by training. Uh, you gave that off. I, I'm, I'm also a student. I come from Zimbabwe, but I'm an international student right now in Wrocław, Poland. I study computer science. As well, I work here. I've kind of established a life here. So I am the computer scientist slash student slash employee residing in Poland.
0: Okay. And when did you move to Poland?
1: That was about two years ago. It was in February of the year two
0: thousand eighteen. Okay. So you're you're on today because you have done something. I'm I'm assuming nobody else has ever done it. You were in a competition about two weeks ago, the Toastmaster competition. There's all different levels. Prior to this, in, I think, maybe February, there was the Polish one. And you're not fluent in Polish. You came first in that. You had the humor speech. You came first in that. The international speech competition for the district, you came first in that, which means that you will go forward. Uh, table topics is first as well, I believe, is That's
1: correct. And
0: evaluation sake. That is just incredible. You have to share your secrets with the audience.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. To be honest, it, it, it kind of feels unreal when I think about it now. It's been quite a long journey, I should say. And it's it's been a cycle, really. Each contest has been a cycle. And I'm, I'm thankful for the fact that I, I gave myself quite a bit of time. And you'd imagine, of course, for the Polish contest, for example, that I would need to give myself quite a bit of time to get the ideas together, learn how to pronounce the, the words and so forth. But I guess that was always the, the beginning step to kind of start working ahead of everyone else. So months in advance, I already I had the idea of what kind of a speech I would give. You know, it was all written on the wall. I've got sticky notes on the wall, um, what speeches I could give. And of course, I would write the speech way in advance and then I would start sampling Uh, the presentation I start giving it to people asking what they think and of course most of the times this would be within Toastmasters but one of the most effective ways of practicing would be with absolute strangers and I remember for the Polish speech I went to a park it was myself and my girlfriend in a park and this was before the pandemic so we would approach people and say hey I've got a speech in Polish but um and if you haven't figured it out, I probably don't speak that much Polish. Could you listen? Could you give me seven minutes and just tell me what you, what you think about the speech? And the response was both encouraging and it was very effective, an effective way of measuring myself and knowing just how far I've, I've come along. And so when it came to applying the same template to this round of contests in English, well, it was, it was like cutting through butter with a hot knife, really, because I just did the same thing. Gave myself some time, um, practiced in Toastmasters clubs, approached a few strangers, asked them to listen. And when the time came, I presented. And I'm really happy that it worked out. That's some
0: serious confidence, just going up to strangers, in you sense, whether the Polish or the English one. And and would you give them a sheet or something? Or would you, uh, how would you kind of gauge? Would you ask them questions afterwards? Or would you just let them kind of tell you what they thought? when they were were finished?
1: Well, actually we would have it kind of as a conversation and, you know, I wouldn't give them anything. I would just ask them to listen. And instead of doing it the way I would on stage with all the, you know, wild gestures and so forth, I would just look them in the eye and, you know, say it like I would to a friend. And then afterwards I would ask, well, did you pick up what the message is? Is it the kind of message you felt was worth your seven minutes? And will you remember what I was speaking about two weeks down the line? And based on their answers to those uh, questions, I would kind of get the idea of what's working and what's not working.
0: Nice. Very good. Very good. And Tom, so many times say the Polish one, because uh, one of my guests previously was Piotr Timko. Um, um, you know, he, was, he was the previous uh, director, district director, and he had done a speech in, um, in German and came third, So he was saying that he practiced it a hundred times. I'm just wondering, I mean, obviously you've done it a lot that if you were going not only in clubs, but to people in a park, do you know how many times you've actually rehearsed it?
1: Well, I I would have to honestly say it's it's upwards of a hundred as well, because the way I rehearsed, if I'm going to take you through the process was I wrote the speech in English and my girlfriend translated it to Polish And then we moderated the script because there are a few phrases that I typically say every time I'm trying to speak in Polish. They're not correct, but they're funny and they're uniquely mine. Mm. And so we started adding those to the script. And literally I learned it word by word, then sentence by sentence, then a group of ideas, then a paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs. I remember it was five paragraphs. Then I could finally say the whole thing. And this was before I started trying to manage my stage see how i would walk about so it's definitely upwards of of a hundred i would i would be brave enough to say close to 150 but <laughs> it was it was a quite a few times i should say
0: and has any foreigner ever won the polish competition before
1: well i haven't heard of any if i if i'm being honest i i didn't i didn't really ask when it happened again i was dazed yeah. but i haven't heard of any foreigner who's done this Oh,
0: okay, so now we go like say the table topics because you know I think the journey for the table topics ends, or does it go on to international level as well?
1: That's right it It ends at district level.
0: Mm, it's a shame, yeah, it's a shame that that happens. So how do, you do how do you actually how, how have you become so so good with the table topics?
1: well i I have many friends who would say it's important to have an opinion about about everything, really, to be able to quickly formulate an opinion. Otherwise, if you don't have an opinion of your own, you're more likely to just be swayed by the opinions of others. And this was training I got from as early as my high school days, really. And I try to use the same pattern of thought when I approach table topics today. And so when it came to to table topics, usually I would think of, first of all, what is the first thing that comes to my mind? And I would have to dismiss that, you know, kind of kill your darlings because if i thought of it then probably seven other contestants thought of it as well so i would always dismiss the first thought i would think of what i what what else do i think about and then if i if i hang on to a second idea i think of what story in my life relates to that idea what is the key moment in that story that i can tell within a minute and you know kind of bring people into the fold as it were and then so i give the story i give kind of the link between the story and the table topic. And the easy trick is that uh, repetition helps people remember. So whatever story you began with is what you have to kind of end with, bring people back to that story and say how it relates to the whole picture. So if you watch the video for my table topics at district level, I started off with the idea of my mom pulling my ear every time I was in little fights, made it a bit difficult. But at the end, I also had to say, well, even though my mum would pull my ear, and then I rounded it up again, making the neat little circle. It all gives the idea of you weren't too stressed under pressure, you were composed, you were, you were able to formulate all your ideas and present them neatly within the, within the two minutes
0: okay and like you know because you you mentioned that you don't go with your first thought you 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 go with the you know your second thought and you take the plan so you're allowed i, I believe up to 30 seconds do you just stand there so gathering your thoughts and then go for it do you kind of allow yourself the, the time
1: i do i must say i've learned quite a bit from 2000 world champion of public speaking ed tate because he's got that signature Tate stare where he stands. He looks at everyone going on to the left, comes back, looks at everyone going on to the right, comes back and you don't notice it. But by then he's taken about 10 or so seconds. Now in table topics, even though I'm thinking, I try to use that silence in between to create some anticipation for what it is I'm going to say. So I don't make it a giveaway that, Hmm, what am I going to say? But I do take time to think. Yes.
0: Okay, so the next one is the evaluations,' you know like i I've been at the contest. I know the caliber of the evaluation, so you're obviously very competent in that as well. so you might uh give some tips how you actually go about evaluating and why you're at such a you know high level.
1: Right. when it comes to evaluation i I asked myself well what what would help what would be helpful to me if I had given a speech? What could someone tell me? that would first of all make me feel like i have potential for growth and that second of all could confirm to me that my work was not in vain and really i just need evidence that someone was listening you know when someone can readily quote your speech it's 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 a testament to the fact that you you had their attention and so i try to apply the same thing in evaluation i believe the the girl who came first in evaluation did that expertly quoting the speaker directly in fact she used his verbiage in in her evaluation it will hit me in the heart it hit us in the heart and this is what the speaker was saying over and over again Mm -hmm. so it's my first uh, port of call to try and give direct evidence to say look i listened i heard i felt and then i try to avoid the more general pieces of feedback because i believe the more frequently a speaker exposes themselves to, to a stage, to an audience, things like vocal variety, body language, they will come with time. You know, I don't, I don't find it particularly helpful in my, in my case when somebody you know, picks on it every time. I believe it comes with time, but I could pick out the more technical aspects of the speech to say a speaker was trying to achieve this with their speech. How well did they do it? And when you try and comment on the things that are not so general that everybody will say about body language and so forth, I, I have seen that it kind of puts you a cut above the rest because you were more analytical with the speech.
0: Right. Very good. And like, it's, you've come second. Are you going to come back next year to try and claim the gold on that one?
1: Um, I'm not sure yet. I have to say I come from a club where As speakers, they are fierce. You know, they are, they're incredible. I have to honestly say that I went for district championships in table topics, but believe it or not, I didn't win in my club. The person who won decided not to go and they allowed me to go. In the Polish championships, I made it all the way, but that's because the other person who was going to compete with me in the club, she couldn't make it for the contest. And so at club level, it was only me. When I look at these people and I imagine having to compete against them again next year, I, I shiver for sure. But if, if the opportunity were to present itself, if, if I wasn't working on anything else in my speaking career, why not?
0: Well, I think it's actually good when you've got that kind of competition in your club because if you don't, you, you can get complacent and you can get cocky, whereas this way you go, the hardest thing for me is probably getting out of my club.
1: You know, so, absolutely
0: yeah. yeah we have a similar situation in our club we've you know andy he was uh because uh, i was uh last year in the with the humorous one and andy was in the the speaking one so we've got a few people as well and you know it's hard to get out of the club though, because only one person goes forward so it doesn't make it that easy
1: oh absolutely we got this. we got that in our club yeah yeah
0: so you've got uh the humorous speech so i'm interested in in that one as well so What way? What's your secrets for that?
1: Well, to be honest, the humorous speech, it was an interesting journey. I was a bit lost on how to give a good humorous speech. I'm the kind of speaker who believes that every speech should have some kind of message attached, a powerful message that will change people's lives afterwards. But then I started paying attention to other district champions who who won the humorous speech contest. And as well, I I spoke to... uh, her name is Naomi from from Germany, she was helping me as well. And I I realized that in the humorous speech contest, your job is made easier for you because the purpose of the speech is laid out for you. In humorous speech contests, your job is to entertain. You don't necessarily have to change people's lives. Your job for those seven minutes is to entertain. And so that was the first port of call. I had a speech uh, that detailed how I learned how to swim and I was playing on that stereotype where people, uh, people of color don't know how to swim. And I thought, if, I might, if I'm going to make fun of someone, I should make fun of myself, because that's the best kind of humor when you make people laugh at your expense. But then the first version of the speech had the message. And the turning point was at division level, because I gave the speech, I was happy with it, but I will never forget the person who came third. They gave a speech about uh, needing approval or, you know, how we seek approval at various stages of our lives. The connection he had with the audience was something to envy. They were singing what he was singing way after the speech. In fact, today you can't sing Let It Go without people thinking of that speech. Now, of course, I believe that I came and I attacked him from the delivery point of view. But when it came to the connection he had, I was in awe. And I said, well, I have a humorous speech. I need to do what he did. If I can do that in my speech and have the delivery, then I can be confident that the contest is going to be mine. So the first thing I did, of course, was to kind of trim off the life-changing message and to kind of keep the speech related to entertaining my crowd. And then I I put more emphasis on me being the fool, me losing out. And I honestly explored how I felt at different points in the speech, because it's really funny as well that in the speech, I don't know how to swim, but I have a friend who would make fun of me if he knew. So I I don't tell him. And then the second time, I don't know how to swim, but I want to impress a girl. And I made the feelings there quite clear. And in the end, I, I feel, and I saw the comments afterwards, people were like, I was crying. I almost spilled my coffee. And I was like, this is what I was aiming for. So the secret really with a humorous speech is I I would say um, the purpose is laid out for you. Entertain. The easiest humor is when it's at your expense. So those things about you that you you feel are a bit silly to share with people, a humorous speech contest is the best platform to be ridiculous because people may laugh, but they will appreciate your sincerity in sharing that part of you that is ridiculous, as it were. So it's seven minutes where you just... Open yourself up and say, well, this is who I am. This is what I did. It's not exactly intelligent, but it's the truth of the story. Oh,
0: very good. Um, I remember, I'm not sure, was it about two years ago? Uh, because there was nobody in one of the clubs I was in. There was only two of us that wanted to go forward. And it was when there was four in the area, so two people would go forward. So I entered both Polish and English for the table topics and the speaking... It's tiring when you've got four. And I mean, like at your level, did you find it taking a lot out of you?
1: Absolutely. I feel, you know, before the contest, I was hyping myself up. I told myself, I can do this. I can do this. It's going to be four back to back. I'm going to be fine. But I remember after table topics, sitting down and asking myself, what have I gotten myself into? Just the the mental toll it takes on you, is, it's incredible. I really have to give credit to those people who compete at district level because I have to say there's some measure of familiarity at the levels below because at club level, that's your family. You know these guys, you see them every week. Area level, you see them so often. Yeah. Division level, it's still the same area. But at district level, you know there's that level of, I don't know how they do it where they're from. I don't know how they do it where they're from. Am I going to fit in? Am I going to stand out? And I felt that in a two minute speech. So really when it came time for the humorous speech, I I really needed to take some time out for myself to just sit down to zero myself. And I remember I'd been rehearsing that speech for weeks. I knew it back to front, but I took the script again. I sat down, I read it word for word and and I had to tell myself, well, why am I giving this speech? Why is it important? I had to remind myself of all the people who had pushed me along the way, because in that moment, the pressure of it, the pressure of four contests against the best of five countries, I I must say, I felt it. I I really felt it.
0: And um, like when you're writing the speech, are you, do you have notes then that you're going to, you know, flip the head or twist the hand or exact movements you're going to make during the, the, the speech?
1: Well, something I learned from, from Naomi, uh, Naomi, I mentioned earlier on, it should be like a conversation, especially when it's online, because yes, there are 100 and something participants, but really it boils down to one person and one machine, and all of them need to feel like they're being spoken to. And in this conversation we're having, for example, I didn't rehearse how I'm going to use my hands and so forth. If I did, you know, I might be inauthentic to you, Roy, I, m- I might seem plastic. And I had to remind myself that, especially in this contest where it's one person and their machine, I tried to keep it conversational, which, which entailed that the, the gestures, the head movements and all that had to be as organic as possible. Granted, there were a few moments where feedback suggested that I'd be more expressive. For example, when I say everyone, a few people said, come on, prove to us everyone, everyone, and so if you watch the recording, there is the moment where I say everyone that was directly from, from the feedback. So in answer to your question, yes and no. At the core, it was me being me. But after a few rehearsals, I had to add a few instances of expressive body language to make the message uh, easier to relate to. Oh, no, brilliant.
0: brilliant. And uh, cause last year, uh, I don't know you, you you were in two competitions last year I believe yeah you were because I, I remember see, see, seeing you there um, and I think you're second and third or so like it takes a lot to go through the whole process again because it's a lot of work I, I got to um, not district division this time and you know because you're getting to you fall at the last hurdle but each time because you just never know you know you just don't know who's going to compete you don't know when something happened you know like mine the actual the only time it was a seven hour competition and the only time my computer crashed was halfway through my speech <laughs> so.
1: i i i can identify with that and i think what made it worse is in the contest and in the briefing and in the testing before i saw the speaker who beat me the previous year <laughs> so talk about laying on the pressure a bit more i was like wow well, he's back. This should be fun. And and it was it was worrying indeed. I should say as well that it was difficult for me to compete again, because, um, you know, the mentality I had needed a bit of adjusting. When I came second and third last year, it, it was a bit of a blow to my ego. And I was thinking, well, how could how could I come second and third? I, really I saw that you
0: were you were upset. I could see you were upset. But you probably done the same amount of rehearsing. I was like because like this you could see that it was really, you know, professional. You know, that.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know, I, I must give credit to the many people who readjusted my thinking. Um first of all, the the people who told me, well, it's a it's a contest, you know, and You must be open to the possibility of losing just as much as you're open to the possibility of winning. And then I remember, I will never forget these words. Uh, A gentleman came to me, he's been in Toastmasters for a while. He held my shoulder and he says, I know how it feels when you walk off the stage and everyone is telling you how great you were. I know how it feels when everyone is telling you there is no way you can lose. And then you get this result. I know how it feels, but this is a task for you. When you come back here, make it obvious in the mind of the dumbest judge that you are the best speaker on the day. Don't make it close. And it was just a moment. And in the moment I was so upset, I just said, yes, thank you. But when I finally calmed down, it was was those words that were still ringing in the back of my head. And really was those words that were with me at every sentence of the speech where I was like, Well, does this make the speech more powerful? You know, and that w- mental adjustment to say in a in a contest, respect your contestants enough to be able to watch them win. It really helped me this time. And I was super proud of myself. <laughs> I'm going to brag a bit about the, the silver medal, because that was that was the test, really, was it not? When I Yes, had the gold medals, but I had this silver medal. How was I going to treat it? Mm-hmm. And if I learned anything from last year, it was to be happy for the winner, to take notes what the winner did right, you know, and to remember how they did it. It's, it was a, a good learning curve for me this time around when, when it didn't happen for me in the evaluation.
0: Beautiful. I love that not that yeah excellent and uh not sure of what you thought of because obviously when we're in the district final last year there's i don't know 200 400 whatever amount of people and they're all looking at you they're all laughing and everything when you're doing it online most of the screens are turned off i i assume for the final they did the same so you're just seeing the timer i know for me i'm not sure for you but for me at one level, I don't know, was at the area, the, the timer was laughing away. And it was kind of an encouragement and it got me going. But the next time you could see the guy was stressed and he was just sitting there and I was throwing jokes and he's the only person I'm singing And he's just like that. Did you have anything similar? or What was your thoughts on with nobody kind of looking at you?
1: Well, when I was rehearsing, people would have their cameras on. And I must say, I felt that, especially when I threw my banger. And I'm like, now laugh, come on, who's laughing? And it would be worrying, really. Some people would laugh, some would not. And when the camera is off, it's a, it's a, really, it's a really different ballgame, I should say. But it really tested me along what I said earlier on about humor, about being open to being ridiculous. Because what I told myself and what I asked myself was, well, Cyril, how do you behave in the shower? And I said, well, I sing, I have concerts, I have speeches, I have revolutions. That's me in the shower. And... I know I have neighbors, they can't see me, but I can't see their reaction. Does it make me any less ridiculous in the shower? Well, absolutely not. And I told myself, well, try and apply that to this scenario where you can't see people make this your own little shower. And I'm sorry for giving you that mental picture. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I said, be in your own little shower, be ridiculous. And act as if nobody is watching because that's when you can be your truest self. I must say that's when we are our truest selves when people aren't watching. Mm. And I tried to put that into the speech and I'm, I'm happy it worked because people not only bit onto the idea, but they bit onto this Cyril who was you know, humiliating himself as he tried to learn how to swim or in the international speech contest. So it, it, it worked for me really to have the cameras turned off
0: okay very good so getting to the, the final and the main one is the international speech because that hasn't finished you your journey may con- like it's a strange situation the, Is it from eight i i'm not sure the way it works but it's kind of they get the recording and determine then two is it that will go forward
1: that's right that's uh, you right. know
0: that's i would prefer if they organize the competition even if it was you know judges from different countries and let you. G- go again because you know it's 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 you know uh, like Alexandra i think last year you know that's where her journey ended and it's it's tough because you get the gold medal you know and but you don't know you know you have a chance you know, of actually perhaps been the which i know you probably aspire to be the, the world champion
1: well absolutely and you know it it, it worries me because like you're saying I knew the moment I said contest chair in the international speech that it was out of my hands from that moment. Mm. It it wasn't my speech anymore. It was the past seven minutes that would decide who goes forward. And I know how specific judging criteria can be. You know, I, I saw the speech of a person who went forward last year and opinions will vary on whether or not that person should have gone, but that's how you see how well-trained these judges are. And this year, I know I probably shouldn't be doing this to myself, but I was following the other district champions in their respective districts within our region, and wow, these people are good. It's amazing just how how creative they are, just how hard they hit you. But, um, you know, it's it's out of my hands, and I believe that worrying, <laughs> worrying will only steal from the, the joy of having made it this far, of having... One in the um, in the district championships, and if it doesn't work out, I've I've told myself I will start from there. It is what I learned last year when I when I when I didn't win, I started from there. I picked up the pieces and I and I went forward. I I, I did my best. If it doesn't work this time, I will start from there. And and I think it's a, it's a healthy way to think. Really, when you're in a competition, I will be really happy for whoever goes because, like I said. These people are amazing. These people can t- can perform on such a level. So I will be happy if, if it's not me, if it's somebody else. And I will pick it up from there and I will start from there. So uh, for sure, it may be an end, but it is not the end. If you want to think of it that way. yeah.
0: And how much studying of past uh, speakers that have won the competition or even at different levels? Did, did you do a lot of online watching YouTube videos and stuff like that?
1: Absolutely. I dug around quite a bit and I tried to find not only the videos of them on the international stage because that's them at their best. I tried to find if they have any club speeches because they're not in a contest. There's not as much pressure. I try to find what they do recurrently. I try to observe patterns, but this again is a lot like table topics for me because when I watch them, of course I, I learn what works but I also learn what um what not to do because I don't want to be a replica of another world champion so each time a world champion does something you know I remove it from the list of things I can do because I want to do something different and when it finally happens in the words of that uh, wise man last year it needs to be obvious that I did it uniquely that I did it powerfully and you know that it's a it's a speech that will last so yes I have extensively dug into the world champions I I really can't pick out who my favorite is. Uh, I have a few world champions where I've watched them and I, I told myself, well, if I was in the same contest with this guy, he would have ruined my day. I wouldn't have given the speech the same way. I would have just given up like, okay, it's it's him this year. And so, yeah, quite a bit. And not only the world champions, I should say, I would say at every level, really, I've I've tried to dig around and find who has won because as well... Districts, divisions, they're also specific. There's some divisions or districts that will bite for the more emotional stories, the sad story that will leave everyone in tears. There are some districts that will bite for the extremely humorous one where everyone is left in stitches. So I have to really research my district, research my crowd and find out what they like so I can uh, make a speech that they will enjoy and that they will uh, vote for as the best.
0: And you mentioned uh, about Naomi, and I know that Zane, because Zane was previously on, and we were discussing about yourself. Like, how many people have you in your circle that's actually kind of close helping you? I know you go to different clubs to do speeches, but, you know, that are really holding your hand, let's say.
1: Well, I should say Zane has been there from day one. He's such a strong man. I am so annoying, but he survives somehow. Zane has been there from day one. Zane taught me the template of how to make a contest speech. He was the first person who really showed me, well, look at what he did. Look at what he did. Do you see how all these guys seem to do that? It's because it works. He really showed me the ropes, as it were, because it's ironic that I joined Toastmasters, say, on Friday, say today is Friday, and next week, Wednesday, there was a contest. And silly me, I wanted to join. So then in that short period, kind of gave me a few pointers for, for what works. And it's been an honor working with him. It's been an honor as well competing against him because it really shows me how much I've grown to come from a time where I was really clinging on to him, trying to learn, to a time where I get to compete against him. It's just been it's been amazing. And then of course Naomi. Naomi has history in theater, and she reminds me so much of the first mentor slash co- coach I ever had because she she will stop you in the middle and say no. You you can say that different, you know, and me being quite impatient. Uh, I have to hold back the urge to be like, come on, I did it right. And she really stresses on doing it until we get it right. And as well, she really opened my mind to how how I can think as a speaker, uh, how I can think for my audience so I can kind of figure out what they will enjoy. Naomi was there through the uh, international speech. She was there from the old version of the humorous speech she listened to both when they were still raw we worked on them and she gave me a few pointers and you know i have a wall here full of sticky notes i should say uh, this part is full of sticky notes from naomi <laughs> and you know straight after she she gave so much of her time because we would be working on zoom we would be working for hours uh, at a time and she would listen 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 it, it was amazing how much Naomi did for me in that period of time I met Naomi about a month or so uh, it was at a storytelling event a month and a half before the contest uh, was was to, was set to to go and really the the change has been it's been dramatic to say the very least and then there is my my girlfriend camila she she doubles as a coach as well uh, she was there from well, really from the Polish speech as well. I mentioned earlier on she she translated, she listened, she listened, she listened. She rehearses with me. And, you know, she's uh, she's this tiny blonde Polish girl, extremely, extremely honest with you. She's like, yeah, but I, I don't get it. What, what value does that add to your speech? She's the kind of person who will say the short statements that will probe you. And you start thinking about how you can do things differently and so forth besides the technical aspects of writing a speech and rehearsing, she's just been an amazing pillar of support. And those four contests I mentioned early on, the stress was just, it was, it was resounding, but she was there at each level. She could tell when I was stressed and sometimes she wouldn't say anything, just her presence there. She would sit there. She would hold my hand. She wouldn't say anything and just her presence there. It it was enough. And, to hear her tell me the night before when we were rehearsing, to, to hear her tell me, well, Cyril, I honestly believe that this is the winning speech. To hear her say that, it was everything for me. It was the confidence I needed to take it on to the next day. And So, so there's been that as well. I, I can mention as well a few club members who have been pillars of support all the way. There is Naveen. He's the guy I mentioned earlier on. He came third at division level with a speech that I will never forget. He connected with the audience. And so he was an example for me, first of all. But even before the contest, we were rehearsing together. He was giving me feedback. He does photography, so he knows a lot about cameras and so forth. He was helping me adjust my frame, and, and he was there all the way. So he turned from a competitor to, to a, a coach for me. That was amazing. Yeah, as well, there was Alexandra Szczepanyak. I'm pretty sure you know her. She won the evaluation contest last year.
0: Yeah, she was actually Alex, a podcast as well.
1: Alex is amazing. Yeah. Alex is amazing. She, of course, I look up to her. So I do a lot of listening, a lot of watching when she performs. But more to that, she gave a lot of tips. She... Uh, she was really there. She really listened and helped me adjust as a speaker. After the Polish championships, you know, there was a bit of a squabble. I won't go into details, but she was there standing by me telling me, don't worry about it. Everyone will have people who will applaud them. and At the same time, you will have people who will criticize you. So Alex was there every step every step of the way. Um, it's, it's a long list. I I won't go into detail into all of them uh, for fear. I might go on for the rest of the year, (laughs) but (laughs) there is Camila's sister, my future brother-in-law they, they they were all there. They were all there. I've just, I just haven't been alone. I should say it Mm -hmm. couldn't, it couldn't have happened if, if these people, if even one of these people was missing my club president, he was arranging that I could rehearse in other clubs he was also one person who simply told me he believed i could win hearing that from a president a club president it was everything for me as well so mm-hmm. it it all came together and this team just came together to make the moment happen for us it was it was a team effort for sure well when you
0: heard that yeah i i can understand why you uh you've won so many of the competitions And yeah, know that's impressive because yeah, I didn't do that, and shame on me. I was even telling someone that I practiced uh, after the division the last time when I got into the humorous final. I practiced it twice beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just kind of, I was just making sure, yeah, the time is okay. But I as soon as I got there and I was looking at people on stage, I was like, they have everything down to a T. You could tell, you know, the amount of preparation that goes into it. So. What about Absolutely. when you're doing normal speeches? Then, I mean, do you... Do a lot of preparation or can you just kind of go off the cuff and do a speech, you know, with few hours preparation?
1: Well, I, I try to prepare. And this is a lesson I learned because of one world champion, Den Ninjaya. When he gave his speech, um, I see something, it wasn't his first option. In fact, he had three other speeches that he had to choose from for the final. And the one he finally gave was a fourth alternative. And that taught me that some of these speeches may seem irrelevant in the moment, but preparing them and keeping them could serve you in, in the future. Mm-hmm. So I tried to prepare all of them. And even if I never get to use it again, I try to make sure a script exists, a video exists, and a few feedback slips exists in case I ever need to go back to that speech, tune it and use it again. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Have you
0: got videos online or something so that people can uh, see some of your speeches? Is there any of them recorded? I've
1: got a YouTube channel. I got, I got all, finally I got all the recordings of uh, the speeches. I got the Polish championships. I got all four from the past weekend. So those are going to be going up on my YouTube channel. I post mainly on, I publish on, on Instagram where I run a page Cyril the speaker i post a, a a lot of quotes on that are relevant to speakers a few posts that i use as a speaker to kind of help people develop in terms of thinking as a public speaker i also share a few snippets from interviews that i thought you know made really powerful moments so there's there's that on my instagram as well i am still working on um, putting out a website but I'm at the point where everything is coming together. So pretty soon there's going to be the website and the YouTube channel and Facebook and Instagram. Okay,
0: perfect. So sure, what we can do is we can put the links anyway so that people can get in contact with you. This, it has been amazing. You have shared fantastic. Like, I wasn't expecting this. You have given us golden nuggets today and I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you very much, Roy. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. So that's all for uh, the Speaking Podcast today. I really enjoyed talking with uh, Cyril. So you can find all our episodes on Speaking Podcast, and we're also on YouTube and Facebook at Speaking Podcast. As mentioned at the start, we can find the Meditation Podcast and learn Polish podcast at roycollen.com. Until next week, take care.